This morning I'll be reading from Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. And before I do, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we're so thankful to be here once again to meet uh, in your presence. And just pray, Father, that you be with Brother Steve as he brings forth a message this morning. Uh, bless him and his family as they continue to serve you. And, and just uh, pray, Father, that we'll always put you first in our lives. And we know that you're in control of all things, Father. And may we always keep that in mind when things look troublesome or uh, things not going well uh, around us, Father. Um, may we always just have comfort and peace in you. Thank you so much for loving us and always being there. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, and any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Good morning. It is great to see you all here today. You may know, thank you, brother. It's creepy when I do that, I know. If you're wondering why all the beauty seems to have gone out of the Gibson family, it's because Linda is home with our daughter who is in a class um, where one of the kids tested positive for COVID. If Jennifer has COVID, she apparently has the strain that makes you run around the house real fast dance and yell so um, that's a I guess that's a new strain it's mutating but I'm sure she's fine but um, it I, it really is great to be here I'm just gonna stand here and do this for a second okay I'm done so um, you know I the today's lesson came from a spirited discussion I had with a brother this week and uh, I was just kind of thinking what went right and what went wrong in that spirited discussion. And the, the reason I don't, uh, I try not to talk too much about politics from the pulpit is because that is a slippery slope. Because then you start talking about mostly politics when, last time I checked, there are literally tens of thousands of people talking about politics that you can tune into or watch or read. And I don't think they hired, I don't think the elders hired or you guys wanted a politician. So I am uh, not going to be speaking politics. But that doesn't mean there aren't some uh, concerning trends. But um, concerning, uh, not terrifying. And, you know, I was reading, uh, this is a side note, but um, in Joshua uh, and in other places in the Bible, God says, you know, I'm going to contemporize this to today because they didn't have tanks back then. 
But um, this is how it would have been written if it were written today. When you go against another nation, no matter how many tanks and planes they have, don't be afraid because God's with you. So, and again, Paul says if, if God is with us, who can be against us? So, that's why I'm taking a deep breath. But I don't think we were talking about politics, although I have had lively discussions with other friends on that um, and family members. But uh, the discussion kind of had to do with a more personal matter. And again, I do feel like the country, the world is kind of losing its mind, and I don't think that's figurative. This lockdown, as I've said on Wednesday night, is affecting our mental health a lot. People are, I mean, the amount of depression, anxiety, substance abuse, all that kind of stuff, we, we, we predicted this a year ago, that this is what would happen, and it, it has happened. And it's just, it gets really, it, it becomes much more of a challenge to make good decisions um, when you are um, unsettled, as we all are. And so... Um, what I want to talk about today is what can we do in our, among our friends and among our uh, family and among our church body to be a force of good and of peace in this world. I think right now, if you're looking at the world is going crazy, that's looking at the glass half empty. I think the truth is that right now we have an opportunity to show the world who God is. And right now, I think the world is more willing to listen, more willing to listen than they have been in the past. Because people are getting scared and they're getting desperate. So, um, let me talk about just a couple of verses here. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. And I just want to talk about some of the principles that God has given us. This is not an exhaustive list. All right. And you guys have probably heard this a number of times. Uh, verses 18 through 21, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, because it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, because by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. That doesn't mean, uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Do not overcome, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When it says heap burning coals on his head, that doesn't mean you're going to send him to hell. <laughs> I've heard that taught. I was taught that. I've been taught some crazy things in my life. No, Steve, really? I find that so hard to believe. You're so sane. Um, yeah, what it means is you're going to, uh, it's a figurative saying, saying you're going to uh, fry their brain. <laughs> we still talk about that, right? They're going to go, Poosh. if you do good things for your enemy, your enemy's going to go, Poosh. that's what Paul says here by heaping coals on their head. 
their mind will be blown. Why would you do that? Why would I do that? Because I'm a son of God and a brother of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do. We love those who hate us, just as Christ loved us when we hated him. So we do have to live at peace with each other as far as it is possible, but there are limits. There are actually limits to what we can and should do. Remember, it says, live peaceably with everyone no matter what. No. It says as far as it depends on you. And the truth is, a lot of the time when we want to get along with people, they're just going to continue being angry, and they're going to continue to hate us. And that's okay, because that's exactly how we have treated God in the past. And sometimes we still treat God that way. He continues to love us. He continues to reconcile us to Him, even though He did nothing. And we turn from Him, and yet He still tries to reconcile us to Him. He still blesses us. And if you really think about that, that should humble us, brothers and sisters. It really should. When you really look at how good God has been to you, and part of the thing of like, well, I'm not sure I'm going to go to heaven. You know, that's silly. That living in that state of, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I that's, that's a failure to either understand or accept the grace of God. If you kneel before him, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's it. Okay, that was a little tangent. I'm going to rein it back in. Okay, we're good. So, and notice it says, overcome evil with good. With good. Okay, what does that mean? Well, what that means is that we don't overcome evil by destroying ourselves or destroying our family. We overcome evil with good. There are limits seems like I'm talking out of both sides of my face today, but I hope that you guys will understand what I'm saying. We have to do what's good for others, but also, at the end of the day, is this what God wants me to do? For instance, I have, I've had this problem, I know others have had this problem, and I've taught my son this, and I'm unteaching him this, that, you know what, we are just going to make peace with people no matter what. You know, no matter how many beatings we take. Well, Jesus took the beatings he took for a reason. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be willing to do anything, even to, as in our Wednesday night class, be circumcised just to help further the kingdom. That's setting yourself in a low place, but that doesn't mean I'm going to put myself in harm's way or my family in harm's way just because I think... God wants me to just continue to beat on myself until this person turns around. That's not how it works. If you remember, Jesus said, if you go to a city and they turn you away, shake out your sandals, walk away, and don't go back. Don't cast your pearls before swine. We have to have pearls. So what I'm, I'm trying to lay out today is some kind of ways that we can take care of those around us. But let's not forget God also wants us to take care of ourselves. 
Even if you don't have, if your job or whatever, you don't have to take a shower that day, get up and take a shower anyway. You probably smell. You know, even if there's things you don't have to do everything, do what you can to take care of yourself. Again, God is the perfect father, and I don't want my kids just because they have to, like Jennifer has to be home right now. I don't want to say, well, you know what, Jennifer, just blow it off, watch TV, and eat whatever you want to eat because you have to stay home. No, I want my daughter to take care of herself. And I know that God, if he loves us at least as much as I love my children, God wants us to take care of ourselves because if we can't take care of ourselves, then we have no business trying to take care of anything outside of ourselves. Does that make sense? We should be willing to give even if it hurts us, but that should come from a place of strength that God gives us because God and I are in conversation and He builds me up. And I'm willing to give until it hurts. That's something I choose to do, not something I'm forced to do. Is that making any sense? Let's continue reading scriptures. I'll stop talking and just move on to more scripture. Um, John 13. Verse 34 and 35. And again, a lot of these are going to be things that you've heard. But as Andy was saying, just because you've heard it again and again doesn't mean that the reason you're hearing it again and again is because it's important. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. This isn't a set of rules that you can follow to get to heaven. That's gone. The set of rules, there are rules, but that's not what I want out of you. What I want out of you is a new commandment I'm giving to you that you love, that you agape one another. You agapeo one another. Which means self-sacrificing love. I'm willing to do without so that my brother or my sister can have something that they need. Where we're taking care of everybody, and I'm taking my care, care of myself, and I'm doing what I can to help take care of, of you guys, and I'm taking care of my family, and God's taking care of us, and that becomes a big uh, snowball effect of everybody getting cared for. Okay? And here's the important part by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have agape for one another. You know, we talk about evangelism all the time. Evangel, evangelion means the good message. Well, Jesus is saying right here, the good message you're going to send out to the world, and as, he, uh, uh, as we were reading earlier, um, the good message that they had in Acts as they were growing in their numbers day by day. He just read that. Acts chapter 2. They were growing in their numbers day by day. Why? Because everyone could see that they had love for one another. Sometimes it can feel like, and in this church it's hard to feel that way, honestly, but I... I've been in times in my life where it honestly feels this way, and I know there are thousands, millions, billions of people who feel this way right now. The world is hard, and no one 
cares about me. I've been there. And I pray that no one in this church feels that way. And if you do, you need to talk to one of us and tell us what it is that's making you feel alone and if there's some way we can help. Because the most important evangelism that we're going to do, there is no command to knock on doors in the Bible. I'm not saying door knocking is a bad thing. But if you want to talk about evangelism, to me, the, the number one thing I see is what he just read in Acts chapter 2 and what, what Christ is saying here in John chapter 13. If you really want to show the world who Christ is, love one another. All right. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to try to go for a world record brevity today. Lies, Stephen, I don't believe you. Well, let's see how, how short I go today. I'm going to try to stay on message. I'm, I'm improving. I'm growing as a person. Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. Strive. You know what strive means? You guys all know what strive means? Work for it. Get it. Put some effort into it. Strive for peace with everyone. Which is the number one reason why I find it really difficult to talk about politics too much. Get me by myself and I might do it. <laughs> but it just seems, and I'm not saying no one should talk about politics. I, am, I, hope, I hope I'm not giving anyone that message. No one hear me that way. I'm saying Stephen Gibson can't do that. Um, because I find that, well, I have a good friend who's very much on the other end of the political spectrum from me. And things can get heated kind of quickly. And I'm like, what's the benefit of this other than... I mean, maybe there's a benefit, and I know Linda's family, they just love talking politics, and I know there are people in this church that love that. That's fine, but for Stephen Gibson, I can't walk away and go, well, you know, it was all good, which Linda's family do. They all, rah, rah, and they go, okay, love you, talk to you later. I can't do that. I'm like, what? What? So that's why I don't do it. Um, and I'm saying... There's a, that's the reason why I don't do a lot of things. If you haven't noticed, I tend to be kind of a passionate person. <laughs> so I try to, uh, and I think we all should be a little circumspect on what we get passionate about. For some people, it's all just fun. For me, it's not. Um, strive for peace with everyone. And the thing of it is, at the end of the day, we should be working, making an effort to make peace with the people around us, not show the people in the world how we disagree with them. You know, we handled the, uh, well, we, Christians in general, handled the LGBT thing very poorly. Instead of saying homosexuality is a sin, which it is, we started excluding people and making them a, a special dangerous case. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble today anyway. That's fine. But the thing of it is, we shouldn't be looking for what's different in the people around us that makes them worse than us. We should be looking around at the world around us and see that we're all God's children. Let's not make those mistakes again and again and again and again. Let's not look for what separates us. There's an endless number of things that separate us. Let's talk about what brings us together. We are created in the image of God. And in this church, we are all buried with Christ in baptism and raised again in a new life through Him. That should be our focus. And I'm not saying we can't talk about anything else, but I, Paul, or the Hebrew writer, not Paul, he might have been, is saying, strive for peace. How much work are we putting into peace? That's the only thing I'm asking. And again, I had a rather spirited discussion with a friend to, uh, this week, which brought this on. Because honestly, let me just cut to the end here. We walked away from that particular discussion a little bit emotional, but closer, a lot closer. And it was clear to him that I love him. And it was clear to me that he loves me. All things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I don't like to say that I'm a good person, I'm the hero, but I do have to, to give glory to God for making me and my brother see how we can turn differences into closeness and love. Because we can, if we put work into it. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That's a complicated sentence. Well, again, it talks about that agape we have for one another. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. The grace of God comes in many forms. It comes through our salvation in Jesus Christ. But it also comes because we are his kingdom subjects. We are the ones that make up his kingdom. And we should see to it that no one in the assembly does not obtain the grace of God. Ultimately, what that means is if we strive for peace with one another, then we can have our heavenly reward. And if we don't, then we can't. Let's just put it bluntly. So that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. And that's the real turning point there. When things... When we have contention, we're all humans. We want different things. We think different things. And when we want different things, we're going to have a conflict. That's part of human nature. When that conflict happens, we need to strive for peace. And if we don't strive for peace, then we will fail to obtain the grace of God. And that root of bitterness sets in and carries on, and it infects your family, your friends, everyone. It just spreads like a, like a disease, like COVID, except deadly to the soul. 
And so that means that there's something we have to do in order to strive toward peace. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. Verses 19 through 21. This is just another way of saying the same thing. So I hope that we all get this message. We love people, God, because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. Well, let's talk again about what it means to hate your brother. Do you remember what Jesus said about that? If you say, you idiot! You're in danger of hellfire. That seems a little extreme. Well, I'm just... Read, read, the, read the Sermon on the Mount. You tell me what, what Jesus said. Whatever you think you're getting with your harsh words, you're not getting the grace of God. And that hit me when I was having this heated discussion. And luckily, God, well, God was gracious to us and God was with us. So let's talk about some points. Three points I'm going to give you. This is not an exhaustive list on how we can strive for peace. But let me just give you three things today that we can do. Number one, count to ten. Do you know how to count to ten? I knew you could. That's why Mr. Rogers, it's not that good, that's fine. Stop the argument before it stops. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 17. Verse 14. The beginning of strife is like letting out water, so quit before the quarrel breaks out. Now you guys all know this one. (laughs) Once the fight begins, round one. Fight. Once you start, it, it's, it's like opening the floodgates. You can't close them again. Once you get water pouring through, you can't close that, that gate again. It's all coming streaming out. And people have said things that they can't unsay, done things they can't undo. Whereas if we had just taken a moment to say, okay, First things first, I am God's child and God is love. Let me bear the fruits of the Spirit. Spirit be in me. And I'm serious. If you're having a discussion, you feel it's going that way, pray for the Spirit to be there. And we did. And He was. Simple. I'm not saying we're geniuses. I'm saying God was gracious to us and God is teaching us all things. So stop it before it starts. Just don't, how about this? Just don't fight. I mean, how many times have I said that to my kids? Jennifer, okay, how about this? Just stop it. Just stop. I don't care who did what. Just stop. Haven't we all said that to our children? I don't care who started it. Just stop. 
Whatever it is, you guys, there's, there's blood on the carpet and on the curtains, and surely whatever it was you guys were arguing about, probably who gets the good Xbox controller, isn't worth all this. And we do the same thing as adults. We lose sight of what it is we're striving, we're, we're fighting over, and what it is is we're fighting for the wrong thing. We need to be fighting, striving for peace. Number two. See others as the team, not the competition. When you look around you in this world, and especially in this church, and especially in your family at home, I hope you do not see competitors. There's not a race to the top. Whoever wins the to- whoever gets to whoever's on top wins. Jesus said the opposite of that. Whoever is last shall be first, and the one who's first shall be last. This is a team effort. This is not an individual sport. This is a team effort. We work together, and if we don't work together, we don't get there. Literally, we don't get there. You understand the gravity of that? Let's turn to Philippians 2, verses 3-4. through Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. First of all, what would you possibly have selfish ambition about? We all do, though, don't we? I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to lose. I don't want other people to think that I'm not beautiful, smart, awesome, worthy of respect. Right? No, I'm not like that, Steve. (laughs) Come on now. There shouldn't be selfish ambition because it works backwards of that. We're Christians. We win by losing. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Whatever it is you want to get or you're afraid you're going to lose, your trust needs to be not in your ability to fight off attacks, but in in God's ability to lift you up if you will humble yourself. Again, no matter how many tanks and planes you see and go, well, I've got to defend my I've got to defend myself. You don't have to defend yourself. This isn't a competition. This is a group exercise. And here's the last thing. Silence is not golden. We talk a lot about how people get heated and out of control and start saying things. But we don't talk about the other side of that too much. As I'm sure you guys know the term passive-aggressive. I'm not doing anything. What are you mad about? (laughs) Well, if I were to say to my wife, honey, I love you, and she went, 
I would say, honey, that hurts. Well, what do you mean that hurts? I didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. You didn't do anything. You aren't striving toward peace with me. Silence is not golden. We talk about the anger part. So let's go ahead and go to Proverbs 15. Verses 1 through 4. And this leads to something we were talking about in our Wednesday night class. But let's read the, the whole thing. We tend to read this first verse, but we tend to stop there. And there's a lot of verses in Proverbs 15, but I'm just going to stick with four for right now. <laughs> you do forget it's there, don't you? A soft answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We all know that one, right? Notice he doesn't say silence turns away wrath. Silence often doesn't turn away wrath. Because sometimes what people are telling you is something that needs to be discussed. And if you're just standing there with a dumb look on your face, you're not part of the peace process. Verse 2, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Well, we don't want our mouths to pour out folly, but we do want our tongue to commend wisdom, knowledge. The eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. Interesting that this gets sandwiched in here. God, it's not, just, it's not just Google and Alexa listening to your conversations. God is also aware of your conversations. Is there good stuff in there? Verse 4, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in the tongue breaks the spirit. It's not just about the bad that we avoid doing. It's about the good that we do. It's not just about avoiding the bad things. It's about doing the good things. And I'll tell you, just practically speaking, as a man, one of the things I hate saying, and I've said this up here before, I hate saying it. it to me, this is how I humble myself, because it's really hard for me to do, is to say, you hurt me. Because that just sounds like, oh, you hurt me. <laughs> I hate saying that. But if I'll humble myself, what guys do is go, instead of saying you hurt me, guys go, you know what, you're a jerk. That's the way guys say, you hurt me. Now, that's not really true. And by the way, if you call your brother a jerk, you're in danger of the fire of hell. You have to humble yourself and say, hey, when you said that, that hurt me. When you just stood there staring at me, that hurt me. Whatever it is, we have to speak in love and we have to say good things to each other. Craig, nice hair today. And I, I, my judging is very low bar on that, just personally speaking. 
We have to say good things, but guys don't do that. Oh, are those new shoes? Oh, goodness, those look great on you. Kidding me? We don't do that. And probably wouldn't compliment each other on each other's clothes. You guys know what I'm saying. Sometimes just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit of sweetness on the tongue makes all the difference, right? You ever just go through your day and, and what, somebody just says something really like, hey, you know, they say something nice to you. Hey, your bald head looks not too shiny today. They say something nice to you. It just lifts your day up. Why would we not do that to the world around us? Why would we especially not do that to our brothers and sisters? They'll know that we're Jesus' disciples. We won't have to print out flyers. not saying we shouldn't print out flyers, but we won't have to print out flyers. We won't have to put out banners. People should know that we're his disciples because of the love we have for one another. Amen? Okay, those are just three tips. And the reason I bring those up is because just as substance abuse and other uh, mental issues come up, which, you know, it's, it's a plague right now, um, we're gonna get. It's gonna get more and more difficult for us to to do these things. The reason you remember that experiment where they um, tried to figure out what it'd be like like to send a colony to Mars, and they came up with this big glass house full of air. And what was that called? Doesn't matter. They put eight people in there, and they couldn't last more than a few months. They had plenty of room. But when people get stressed out, what happens is they start going at each other. That's why, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons we won't colonize Mars anytime soon. But that's one of them is because the more stressed we get, the more we start stressing out the people around us. And brothers and sisters, we can't do that. I'm not saying we're wrong, but I'm saying that we do have to strive for peace. We're all just human. We have to make sure that each of us receives the grace. Amen? If I do something stupid, which is pretty often, have grace on me, silence is not golden. Same thing with you. I will have the respect to speak to you, but we all have to have love for one another. So hopefully those three tips um, can help us get there. It is great to see everyone, by the way, again. Most of you. Dennis, I could do without, to be honest with you. I'm just kidding. See, that wasn't speaking with grace. Steve, you just preached about that, and it did the opposite. I did, okay. <laughs> All right. If, 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 if there is something going on, if you are walking through your life and you're suffering and you feel like no one cares, we care. Come tell us. We're going to sing a song. Come talk to us. If there's something you need, let us pray with you. Let us help you. And by all means, if you're not a Christian already this morning, you can receive the peace that passes all understanding through the Spirit of Christ Jesus. If you need any of these things, please come forward and talk to us while we stand and sing this song.